Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, a new edition of uh, the Youssef uh, Shaheen podcast. Uh, this is our 29th, uh, and it's Dawn of a New Day, which I think is from 1964. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And which we were able to see in a magnificent uh, copy. Uh, so what did you think, Richard? I thought it was amazing. A really good film. I, I always seem to say this, right? uh, apart from when not amazing, but this one really was amazing. Yes. I mean, I, I think <laughs> I this do. must rank amongst his best, really. Def definitely. And it, it's uh, a real, real shame that this isn't part of the Netflix collection because it is such a key film, I think. It's one of the truly great films. And I, I actually, I think I've just finished seeing it. And I think it's one of the great masterpieces of the cinema. I mean, I might, you know, yes. I mean, I might revise my opinion. I might have to see it, you know, many times before that can be confirmed in my head. But, you know, my initial first impression is that this is a truly great film. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. It sort of feels, um, you know, he, he seems to be at like the peak of his powers and, it, you know, the use of the camera use of color, yes. uh, sort of marshalling a crowd. You know, he's doing everything right. Yes. Um, it's an amazing story. I was reading something uh, on it, which I thought was very interesting, which is, you know, that in 1964, Shaheen was making an analysis of Douglas Sirk's use of frames within frames and colors and so right, on. Right, right. That actually wouldn't be written about by critics for another 10 years or more, right? Really? That already yeah. in this film, because, you know, this film you see, I mean, we've been mentioning the influence of Cirque throughout those 1950s mm. films, you know, but but here it becomes kind of, you know, almost the vernacular through which Shaheen speaks, really. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's deployed to a, a great artistic level, really. You know, mm. some of the some of the shots, the use of the of the cinematography, which um, I think is credited to Abdel Aziz Fami, if I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but you know, the cinematographer in this is fantastic. We see mm. color deployed in a way that is kind of unusual, actually, in other of Shaheen's films, because here it's kind of minimalist. It's almost like a, you know done by as, a, as if a great master of color. So you know you'll have mm. like a frame that is largely dark, right? But you'll see a burst of blue or a burst of red and and yellow, right? It's so expressive yeah. and beautiful. There, there was an amazing sequence where one of the characters is wandering through Cairo in the middle of the night, and it's virtually pitch black apart from these flashes of neon lights, and, and it, it's just. It's, it's it's amazing. It's an extraordinarily yeah. beautiful film. Um, so so maybe let's begin with the plot a little bit, right? Before so we we uh -huh. got to give okay. people who are listening some anchors into <laughs> our conversation. So let's begin with that. So okay, it, the it the, at its heart, it's about the relationship between a, a upper class middle aged woman and a young working class student. So it's, it's a you know, it's a romantic drama essentially. Uh, but effectively you've got this family who are um, they're upper class, they are I think we'll come to the political context later because that's quite interesting, but they're upper class, they're idle, but they don't actually have much money. They they're living beyond their right. means really. They're uh, the, the, the the there's a, a wife and a husband. The husband is played by Shaheen himself in a really unsympathetic character 
um, and the, the, the wife is just kind of bored and she meets this young student who's a who's a student of nuclear physics. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, so he's part of the future. Yes. He, he's the, the future of Egypt. It's, it's, it's technology, it's science. physics, it's science. Um, and they, 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 they meet and they and they and they fall in love in this kind of doomed love affair. And effectively, he, yeah, he then he really has she has to make the choice between this young student and his working class life or her rich husband's or formerly rich husband and he has to make the choice between uh, going off to do a phd in germany in physics or staying to marry or you know, marry the rich mm. woman it's a question of accents but i would challenge your account a little bit because you know mm -hmm. i i wouldn't put as much emphasis on the intergenerational romance to me the film is about her yeah you know, about uh, this quite beautiful woman who's very unhappy with her husband, uh, who um, is basically a good person, though very self-involved and careless, right? And mm. who has lost her purpose, right? So, you yeah. know, they are clearly of a class, uh, which, you know, we'll get onto in a moment. But, you know, they, they don't have money, I suppose, a little bit in the same way that the Mitfords never had money, right? Like, I compare mm. to other rich people that don't have money, but they have all these servants and cars and a huge apartment and they give parties every night. You know, they do have... And they, they, they don't, but they don't they pay, don't the, pay servants. the servants. It's a major <laughs> plot point. Uh, yeah. So, but I think the film is about her and about her finding purpose and finding herself and, you know, and so on. And then on the one hand, you know, she's got this husband who's even more self-involved than she is uh, and, mm. and more lost. She's got a brother who she gets along with very well. Yeah, she's got lots of women friends and so on. Yeah. Um, and then she meets this young man. But I, I would say the young man and what he represents, which is, you know, this future, <laughs> is is mm. just one of the elements. That the it's one, it's one element of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so could you tell us a little bit about, you know, the context now? Yeah, so I'm obviously not claiming to be an expert in Egyptian politics of the 1960s, but I did some some reading up after because some comments from Shaheen about the fact he's he's talking about this class of people, uh, and do they have a place in 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 contemporary Egypt of the, of the 1960s? And this class is people who uh, were um, you know they they owned businesses, they owned enterprises that were then nationalised compulsory nationalized by NASA in 1961 so only a couple of years before this film was made uh, he, he nationalized private enterprise uh, so I, I I presume there was some degree of compensation I, I, I don't know but effectively that that's why these people have nothing to do and that's why they haven't got as much money as they think that's they have right. so, the, the... so so that's the first sorry but that, that, that's the first thing but then the other thing is NASA was trying to do that in order to have this socialist model of industry and invest in the industry and invest in new technology and that's where you get this whole stuff around the you know the young student being a physicist and it all being about technology and he you know he takes her to show around a factory to show the future so it's kind of that that's the context and which which you can enjoy the film without knowing because it works yes. brilliantly as a douglas type melodrama but it's interesting to know that um and i i would imagine that there's a slightly lopsided thing that Shaheen's sympathies are probably with the woman and and her family because that's probably a similar background to his background. Mm. But what he's 
being encouraged to make a film about perhaps is the future of Egypt, which is science and technology, mm. a little bit like the two versions of, of um, People of the Nile. Yes. So just to elaborate a little bit, in, in a way it's a bit speculation because like you, I am not a, you know, a, a historian of, of contemporary Egyptian, <laughs> of 20th century Egyptian history. But my understanding is you know, that the monarchy fell in 1952 uh, and mm. there was already a kind of a nationalization there in terms of land. Yeah. So aristocratic families kind of, you know, were were uh, affected. And then there was a, mm. another nationalization in 1961. But that was more like banks and factories and insurance companies and things like that. Right. Mm. So yeah. so which which kind of makes sense of the marriage of our protagonist, right? Because she's clearly from an aristocratic family, right? But one who yeah. had no money, right? And who 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 married into uh, 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 the character that Shaheen plays, yeah, who was a mm. whose father was a self made man who made millions. But yeah. then obviously all those millions were then lost through the nationalization process, right? So so you have you have you have once very rich people continuing to live a life that they no, can no longer afford financially mm. and morally, right? You know, uh, uh, and kind of the moral dimension kind of takes its full melodramatic weight yeah, uh, yeah. over, you know, a figure of a child. So they haven't been paying their servants for months and months and months. Uh, you know, their, their cook has a child who needs presumably penicillin or, you know, he's got some disease that can be cured with a prescription, but he can't afford the prescription. He keeps asking for his back wages in order to buy the prescription and they keep putting him off. They have no idea of the trouble that he's going through. It's like, yeah, tomorrow I'll deal with it tomorrow. And of course what happens is that at a certain point the child dies. Yeah. Mm. And the announcement of the child's death is done in the middle of a party. And all they could think about is their shame having other people yeah. know that they haven't paid the servants. <laughs> well, it's fair. fair. Honestly, it's fair enough because the guy could have waited to tell them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> could have let them finish doing their vigorous uh, twist routine that was going on at the time. I mean, the figure of the child, so the, <laughs> the film begins at a fundraiser for an orphanage, right? Mm. In, yeah, and it ends with this incredible moment that is really almost stolen from an affair to remember. Yeah, it really brings mm. to mind that moment of Cary Grant and Deborah Carr meeting at the top of the Empire State Building. Except the difference is that this time, you know, the protagonist brings a child, right? Yeah, she t she, she's kind of, it's interesting because she's sort of haunted through the film by this, by this orphan. Because uh, the, the, there's one particular orphan at this opening scene in the party who's crying. And then she keeps... She keeps seeing him during the film, and you know, I'm not. I wasn't quite sure whether he, she he was really there sometimes, or or she she it's just like the the girl in Don't Look Now, yes. you know, just sort of appearing. Because at one point, the, when when she's wandering the streets at night, uh, there's one point where the child appears like lying on a stone bench, and she's filmed, so she's like in the distance, so she's kind of almost like walking underneath this stone bench that the child is on, things like that. But then, yeah, at the end, she turns up at the orphanage saying. Oh, can't I just take him out for the day? I'll bring him back by five. And she takes him up to the top of the tower and then and just leaves him. Just I mean, him. It's just incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you know, social services would be on her in a second now, yeah. right? But, but, and actually that to me was a, 
I was trying to make sense of that because, you know, the f that sequence in the film is so extraordinary, right? You know, because the thing mm. is that, you know, she leaves the child because she's, she's um, rejoined this young student who's very sexy and handsome and is going to take her to mm. Germany where he's going to do his, his PhD or whatever. And uh, they go get their passports and, you know, and she tells the child, here, have an ice cream. And then runs off through the whole city. And you see these amazing shots of, you know, kind of mm. central Cairo, really beautiful and grand. And, you know, and she slept yeah. in this romance. And, of course, the thing is that you know that the child is there waiting. And actually, yeah. the filmmaker knows, too. So it's not an attitude because the filmmaker then shows you this child gets returns to the child and this melting ice cream at the top of the tower. Yeah. <laughs> so I then shows him like crossing a dual carriage yeah, on his own. And it, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's quite it's quite an amazing thing. And actually, it, it's, it's one of the things in the film that leave me a little bit bewildered into how it's treated. Could the it, woman, the actress is Sana Gamel. Yeah, or Gamil. Uh, mm. Magnificent actress, magnificent. Yeah, she's she's uh, great performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I just couldn't make sense of her self-involvement, of her forgetting this child. Of, you know, I mean, she doesn't even return for him. Yeah, she goes right. For, she leaves him, goes gets her passport and her suitcase across all of Cairo, you know, and then goes off to the station to leave with him. And it's only yeah. You you kind of I'd, I'd kind of assumed at any point she was just going to go oh, oh god I've I've left yeah. the kid you know but but she never does it until the kid then turns up at the station and it, it's that that is fascinating about the morality of that yeah. and and how you're supposed to react. I to mean that. she's basically been responsible for killing a child earlier in the film. Mm. You know much of the middle part of the film is about her guilt about all of this. Like, yeah, how she could have prevented. She asked at one point. Could I have prevented this death? And, you know, one of her friends says, yes, which of course she could have. Pay the fucking wages. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, pay the money you owe, you start. Right? Like, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, but also, um, there's a reference, and I can't remember whether it's explicit, that she's had an abortion. Um, ah, I missed that. Uh, so the, 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 there's some, I can't remember how it's phrased. That, oh, that, yes. They had a. They, the husband didn't want. Children. That it made, didn't want children, and I, I, which either meant they 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 never tried, or or the, or, or she was pregnant and, and, and had an abortion. I wasn't quite sure about the implication of that because it's not. I don't think it's explicit, but the, so there's kind of, so it's kind of there's you know, their her own missing, or possibly you know aborted or whatever child, um, then then there's the orphan who she then has dreams about killing the orphan. Mm. And then there's the then there's the child that, whose death she does actually cause, and then there's the young student who is, I guess, about twenty years younger than her. Could so, be her child, yeah. so could be her child, you know. Well. Um, um, it's an interesting film. I, I mean, and very unusual, you know, because I, I mean, I think in these uh, Middle Eastern countries, like in Spain or Italy, there's almost like a complete worship of the child, right? You know, so actually, yeah, this yeah. must have seemed very modern and daring and. You know, both in its attitude to sexuality, but also to marriage and to children, right? I mean, it is kind of a melodrama in the best sense, yeah? It's kind of, it's showing the clash between 
kind of you know individual desire and all the social forces that try to prevent it or to rein it in or to yeah to block yeah, it yeah you know and one sees this in the in this film kind of very interestingly figured through this very complex and contorted relationship to children mm. and to children as the future but also what's done to children by this generation yeah because you know, the thing is that all these children are starving or in orphanages and all these kind of rich people that seem to come out of Antonioni's like La Notte or something like that, right? Yeah, like yeah. they don't care. They have them given a thought. <laughs> They're kind of completely like self-absorbed. I, <laughs> and I, I sort of wondered whether the, because the, the final shot shot of the film is you see the you see this young orphan boy and the title Dawn of a New Day appears on the screen again. The effect of what he's saying is, you know, you, the Dawn of the New Day is not the, you think it's the young student who's heading off to Germany, but no, he's just as bad because <laughs> he didn't care either. It's actually yes. the kid. Um, and that's the Mind you, I'm not sure, Children I'm not sure of that future. interpretation because the thing is that the young student, did he even know there was a child there? I mean, I, I don't think he did. So he can't take any of the blame for the abandonment of that child no. in those very dangerous circumstances, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a three or four year old child, you know, left to, to wander on his own <laughs> through downtown Cairo. I mean, yes. you know, actually, one of the very last shots of the film, I thought somebody was going to kidnap him. And then it turns out that it's the heroine who has left the train. Yeah, but initially you only yeah. see a, a, a brown coat. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then it tur she turns over and you see the blue sweater that she's wearing and then the camera shifts mm. up and you see her face. Yeah. Which actually also lends itself to a very interesting interpretation. Could she be that kidnapper? I Somebody who, you know, instead of doing some good and raising that child might in fact just damage and hurt them. Right. Mm. Like, uh, or both. Yeah. Uh, well, she. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did feel she's like using the child as a as a fashion accessory, really. <laughs> um, um, I mean, you know, that's. That's another interesting aspect of the film, which is the performances, because I thought Shaheen, who you well, you know what I feel about him as a performer, but I was I was mm. really kind of I I take it back. I mean, he is rather magnificent in this, actually. I, I thought he was very good at uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's I mean, he's good in Cairo Station, too. And I think it's because he's 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 obviously better at playing on sympathetic yes. characters than when he's he, he comes across yeah. as quite handsome in this, actually, which I never would have attributed mm. to him. And then, and also kind of heartless, yeah? Uh, yeah. Uh, and amoral and self-involved. He's very, very, very good, you know? And mm -hmm. I think she's magnificent as well. Like, you know, uh, kind of, you know, she reminded me of Anna Magnani, like these explosions of emotion. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and very elegant, slightly ravaged by time. Um, yeah. You know, so. I, I don't think she did any other films with Shaheen, or at least none, none that we've seen. Um, the the student is in many, quite a few yes. other Shaheen films right right up till the till the the late nineties yes. I think, um, and the brother is the guy that plays Saladin yes. in in the previous yes. film. He, I mean, it, it's a wonderful cast. But what really struck me more than anything was the uh, melodramatic armature to the whole story, right? Mm. You know, so this is a, about a society that's in movement, that's in the process of change. Yeah, it is very much about, you know, a commentary on the world in which the film is made. Yeah. And on the other hand, the vehicle for all of that is feeling, 
Yeah, it's it's mm. you know this woman's life and you know how she's oppressed by it and how she's lost by it and how she's yeah. yeah. So so and actually I think it really you know manages to make you feel really. So so I was really struck by that kind of structure, but also very much you know by um, the mise en scène. I mean there are scenes in the party where I don't know if it's a fisheye lens or something, but you know where it's almost like the frame is, you know, a, a series of superimpositions of characters beautifully composed alongside, like, three-quarters of the frame. And then in the center, you know, you'll get this out-of-focus, depth-of-field other thing happening yeah. in the background, right? It's... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't quite work out how some of that stuff was shot, as you said. I mean, some of it felt like composite shots. Or, um, I mean, there's one, one amazing bit with all these... Where kind of quite near, I think the final party scene where just all, all these heads appearing on yes. the screen. I mean, they're, they're all kind of smoking yes. hashish or whatever, and, and just all these heads moving around. It's it evokes the drunkenness yeah. that most of the characters are feeling, you yeah. know, and the looseness yeah. and so on, you know. But it's very striking, yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, the the, the mise en scène is fantastic. So you know, a sense of like uh, little things like. You know, when she's walking on the streets of Cairo and you sense her desperation, you know, just by the way her feet are filmed, yeah, and the pace at which her, you know, yeah. her feet go. Amazing. Um, the the final party sequence where uh, her husband rapes her or attempts to rape mm. her in the car, right? You know, the way that that is shot, just like, uh, you know, uh, 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 the frame is all black except for you know bursts of blue or yeah these little accents yeah. in this darkness right you know and then that becomes the setting for which she gets into the car and her husband tries to rape her in the car I yeah mean, it's, it's just a, it's done with extraordinary skill i think and, and really beautiful yeah. i mean just uh, the formal elements are just enough to go wow and then you know, you begin to see how they're also being very, really expressive. It's not just that they're pretty. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's an amazing sequence on the the sequence of her and the student on the on the rooftops with all the laundry. Yes. So there's all these kind of different colored sheets. I mean, just for no reason, there's these different colored sheets on the on the on the roof, and they're kind of moving between them, which is these different yes. planes of color. It's it's just. Looks amazing. Well, it's, and also for no a... reason that we can detect, right? So, for example, yeah. you know, that moment where they go to get the passport and they leave the child and, mm. you know, you get the feeling that every bit of Cairo that you're seeing is iconic. Yeah, that it's a statue of Nasser and that bridge or whatever, or that, the, the, you know, that everyone in all of Egypt would recognize those lions, or that, you know, on the bridge. It, so, so yeah. they don't mean anything it's very, to it's... us. But yeah. that it's not to say that they're not hugely significant to an Egyptian. It's ex exactly, and it does it does seem very deliberate that what you're seeing is Cairo. You're seeing 1960s Cairo, so you're you know you're you're seeing the newness and the new buildings and and um, you know like the, the the Cairo Tower, which I assume was relatively new at the yes. time. Um, it's amazing seeing where they're going up the staircase yes. there, and it's it's yeah, just beautifully yes. filmed. Um, anyway, I kind of. I loved it, uh, and it yeah. kind of restores a little bit of my faith, to be honest, in Shaheen, yeah, because you know how, like, in his latest, in his last films, you, I'm always having this thing of, 
you know, to what extent is this deliberate or to what extent is this just mm. amateurish, right? Like, you know, kind of, you know, particularly those dance sequences, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of, I'm not quite satisfied, really. And then you see something like this and, you know, he's like in full control, right? Like, you know, it's kind of a yeah, very yeah. classic, you know, mise-en-scene, but that nonetheless is very inventive and feels cutting edge within, you know, mm. that kind of classic... Uh, vernacular so I think it's just gobsmackingly great actually yeah yeah I've definitely almost run out of things I mean I feel that you know <laughs> we should we should continue uh, but uh, uh, I feel I have to think about it a little bit more than you know yeah it's kind of it's one of those films that was deeply emotionally satisfying yeah, it was kind mm. of deeply pleasurable on an aesthetic level, right? And then it kind of it leaves you with things to think about. Yeah, if I'm, primarily for me, yeah. you know, that thing with the child at the end, I just, I don't get it, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah. It feels almost like insensitive. Oh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the, the film of his it, that it reminded me of the most was, was People of the Nile, which was... Um, I think a couple of the, the original version was a couple mm. of years later. It uses quite a few of the, the same cast and, and just the style of it and this, the whole kind of, um, you, you know, this argument around modernity and technology and Egypt as a technological society and that kind of thing was, was, was very similar. Well, um, and so you, you can see more about where that was coming from. I, guess. I think, you know, one of the things that I'd like us to do again after we finish with all of this is to go back, <laughs> yes. you know, and do them again. Right, because I do think that there are now patterns, you know, that um, we can tie them together in a richer way. So, for example, I mean, I think you know the first films of his that we saw. What was the the one about the rich landlord and you know the uh, stealing of the water? Uh, uh, blazing blazing sky. Uh, well, you know that is a context for this film, right? You know, the, those mm. are the people that were left without their estates, yeah, who are now living this La Note life, you know, in yeah, Cairo, yeah. right? So, I mean, I think, you know, what's so impressive about his films is that it's, he's an artist responding, yeah, to his society and his environment and, you know, the time he's living in, you know, in a responsible way. And by that, I mean, you know, kind of in an idealized way. He's, he's an artist who needs to comment on the world that he's living in with the aim mm. of building a, uh, or conveying or communicating, you know, a better and more just world. Yeah. But this is where his ins the insensitivity to the figure of the child puzzles me and blocks me. Mm. Who would leave a child yeah. like yeah. that? Right. And yeah. Well, she's a, she she's a, she's an enigma because I, the the scene I've just remembered is that amazing scene at, at the Sphinx. Where the so the student has a part-time job running a, a, a Sony Lumiere show at the on, on on the Sphinx, so he's kind of operating the lights and the and the music and the sound. Um, and there's this scene there in the control room, and he, he's operating that. And so you see that you hear this ludicrous voiceover and the the lights on the Sphinx, but then the the lights are also shining on mm. on her. So you kind of see see the Sphinx lit green and you see yeah, her face lit green lovely. next to each yeah. other and it's, it's sort of it's the enigma that we will never understand <laughs> and perhaps that's the... <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a, a very nice kind of aesthetic kind of touch there and also, you know, an analogy, mm. I suppose. But I'm thinking, 
what kind of person doesn't understand how an audience will react to leaving the child there. Because, you see, there's a sense in which the film keeps you, keeps, keeps the child overhanging the whole scene. It reminds you that there is a child waiting, mm. right? But on the other hand, doesn't seem to realize that the audience will also judge this woman. Yeah, that it's unconscionable to leave a child there. I mean, but it, I mean anybody. That that has that has to be deliberate though, surely, because you're you're see you're you're essentially seeing this sequence, which if, if it wasn't for the bits with the child, and if it wasn't the fact that the child is there, and you know the child has been abandoned, you'd just be seeing this as a. Um, you know, as as a romantic scene, it's like the end of the graduate right. or something. You know, they 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 meet and they're going to run off together, um, and you. But then you're you're he, he undercuts that by constantly cutting back to the to showing, the, you know, first you see the the abandoned ice cream and the child's gone. Then you see the, you know, the child running through the streets. Then you see the child arriving at the station, um, and and then the child just and then suddenly she see, sees the child. I mean, I, I guess the. I mean, I guess the argument is, well, she makes the, the right decision I know, at the end because she sees the child and that's what makes her abandon the student. I know, but, but I'm just wondering um, if this is not... I'm reading this as a potential lack in Shaheen, right? And there are, like, several mm. clues for me, right? First is her. I just don't understand what the director expects an audience to make of a woman who forgets a child like that, right? Who has no sense yeah. of it. When... A child has been the overhanging and haunting the whole film, right? Yeah, just, yeah. I don't get it. And then also, and in line with that, there's the young student, right? And the way that that's treated or the way that that's written, where he's, he's celebrating with his friends the last night, and then he's got this mm. itch to go to the tower, you know, this intuition that she might be there. And he says, I've got to go. And, and, and the guy, the friend says, but my wife has cooked you a whole meal, right? And he goes, I'm sorry, I've got to go. And I didn't understand that, right? Because you could say, I will and, return home. I will, you know, go back home. I will join you for the yeah. meal. Right. And he, he then deliberately ignores and them then at the station as well, because they've all turned up at the I station. I don't get and he that, ignores them. right? I mean, you know, because there are other ways yeah. of handling that, right? You know, I mean... Uh, so this thing about I'm too full of you to have time for my friends now. Well, those are the people who've supported you for, for the last ten years. What kind of a man are you? <laughs> I like that you yeah. can't acknowledge your friends. I, I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's just on both of their parts. Just supposed to be such an obsessive desire that that they forget everything else. But it it it, it is odd. I mean, I odd. I don't get it, right? Because you know, I mean, if you want to have them in this world of their own. You don't even need to have the friends at the station, right? You could, yeah, you, you don't need to show them, right? So why are you showing them and having him ignore them in a, in a way that he's also ignored this great sacrifice of food and so on that they prepared for him the daily? I mean, mm. you know, I mean, what kind of a person is Shaheen that thinks that those things are all right and acceptable without some kind of telling us more? Well, maybe, maybe he think maybe Shaheen thinks that the Shaheen character is actually the hero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to me, so these are the things that are going 
yeah, from my mind, really. And I'm... But I think I think that's the thing. That, that's what's great about this film, because there is so much to think about in it. And you, and you are, you know, it, it wasn't an intellectual exercise watching this film, right? You're very yes. emotionally involved in it. And, and it, it just, it, as, as I said earlier, the fact that there's this very specific um, Egyptian political and cultural context to it doesn't you do, you just don't need to know anything no. about that because it just works brilliantly as as a as a as a, as a yes. melodrama but one which I, I guess the thing is because it, it's structured so I mean it's like um, I, I was getting mixed up what's the 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 the, the one that um, where the woman has the affair with the young gardener Rock Hudson's the gardener oh uh, all uh, that heaven allows. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind kind of a little a little like that, and, and uh, that you're you're seeing it as this Douglas Sirk melodrama, but then there's this very sort of different kind of morality in the way the characters are yes. behaving. Um, and actually, um, though it's true of all that heaven allows, I mean, you know, there's the whole Thoreau thing and living your life and being free and bohemian, you know. Mm. Whereas this one is more like contributing to the motherland and making sure you return to Egypt to bring your knowledge back from Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but but there is a sense of like a larger purpose to the whole thing yeah that it's not just feeling it's kind of you know it's feeling in context but it's true that you don't need to know anything about the context of the film to be moved by the film yeah or to find it beautiful and, and, I, th and I think unlike some of Shaheen's films I think that, yeah it, it's a film that you can watch without knowing anything yes. about Shaheen and just realise that yeah this is a great film and this is a great yes. filmmaker in, in the same way that, uh, yeah, I think you, you you get that with Cairo Station. I think you get that with People of the Nile. I, I think the, the, yeah, there's there's, there's a, f a few of the films where you, you don't need to you don't need any yes. context. You you would just see this and it's like yeah, this is a great filmmaker. He brings up to me like a, a kind of a conundrum or not a conundrum, but um, an axis of unease. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you know. I think he's at his best when he's telling stories that are maybe personal to him, but that they're stories for the Egyptian people. Yeah, kind of, you know, mm. it's about things bigger than himself. Yeah, it's about, the, you know, the country and the future and, yeah, and so on. Mm. Uh, the land, you know. And to me, he's at his weakest when he's self-expressing. Yeah, when, yeah, mm. you know. So, so actually, his later films, which are full of joyful things and wonderful, you know, but when he gets too autoristy, by which I mean that actually he's taking moments of his own life and, you know, doing a dance number with people who can't dance you know, in the middle of Berlin, <laughs> it can be annoying, yeah, and it feels actually mm. kind of incompetent in some ways, right? You know, and then there are these incredibly beautiful films, you know, which are like, you know, like the land, or I mean, they're just ex extraordinary, mm. really. Uh, uh, um, so, so, and of course, you know, his more self-indulgent films, you end up loving them anyway because you know you you've now seen you know elements from all of these other films. Mm. But actually, those are the films that I think you really need to have seen Shaheen's films. Whereas I think this one, you yeah. know, you could just go in as a film fan and get you know and be moved and. Well, a bit like that. What, um, what was what was the what was the Iranian film that um, that Bologna showed the restored one? Mm. 
chess of chess of the wind. Yes, that was chess of the mind. Yeah, which, which you, you you know is is a revelation in terms of, 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 of Iranian cinema. I think if this this you know is less surprising because you know Shaheen's a great director, but but I think you should you could show this to people to see. Yeah, here's a 1960s Egyptian film. And you know you're watching it. And it's like yeah, it's like Douglas Sirk. There are bits that remind me of Vertigo. You know, it, it's it, in terms of how visually striking it is, and uh, you know people would be blown yeah. away by it just as a as a as a yeah. piece of filmmaking. Um, so let's wrap it up on that note. We will be returning to this, uh, uh, and hopefully, I'm going to try to convince Richard that we will be returning to all of them. <laughs> Though how how we'll do it, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, Richard? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Watch this. Watch this film yeah, if you can. <laughs> would you, would you, watch this film if you can, which you can't. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, if people are imaginative and inventive, you know, they will find it. <laughs> seek and you shall find. <laughs> and really, you know, kind of seek. Uh, so, uh, so uh, this is uh, the Yusuf Shaheen podcast. It's our 29th. Um, we've really appreciated uh, your help and your feedback uh, in all of these podcasts. So, so please continue uh, making them. Uh, and uh, we shall see, or we, we shall do another podcast soon. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thank you. Good night. Uh, uh, Great. شكرا على المأوى شكرا على